Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 245, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Let's read the passage. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Just then some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, Why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he told the paralytic, Get up, take your stretcher and go home. So he got up and went home. When the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God, who had given such authority to men. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's writing this Gospel to give an account of the ministry of Jesus, with the hopes that people will place their faith in Jesus and recognize that he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He is the promised Messiah. He's presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. He gave the Sermon on the Mount as an example of the teaching ministry. And now he's in this group of nine miracles. There's nine miracles in three groups of three. Had the first group, the healing of the leper, the healing of the centurion servant, and the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Then we had a little interlude where he had an issue of the cost of discipleship. Now he's in group two. And that began with the calming of the storm as they crossed over the Sea of Galilee. Then on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, the demon-possessed men in the region of the Gadarenes, where he cast the demons out into the herd of pigs. Now we've got the third miracle of this second group. This same story is told by Mark in Mark chapter 2 and Luke in Luke chapter 5. So the order of events is different in the three Gospels. And Mark and Luke give a lot of extra details that Matthew does not give, but they all deal with the same account. So chapter 9, verse 1. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. So we just had him over in the region of the Gadarenes, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. Now they're crossing over back to the west side, to Capernaum. I thought Nazareth was his hometown. Well, remember back in chapter 4, verse 13, it said he relocated from Nazareth to Capernaum. So Capernaum is his own town now, and so he came to his own town, Capernaum. Verse 2, just then some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. That's where Matthew doesn't provide a lot of the details that are frankly unnecessary in his telling of it, because if we look at the same account in Mark and Luke, we see that they're in a home, and it's very crowded. There are a lot of people there to see Jesus. It's too crowded to bring this paralyzed man on his stretcher. The Greek word literally means bed or couch, but it would be some kind of lightweight wooden structure with uh, some kind of cloth or skin stretched across it, and this case it's functioning as a stretcher where the men can carry him on it. But it's too crowded to bring him in that way. So Mark and Luke say they climbed up on the roof, dug a hole in the roof, and lowered him down in front of Jesus. Matthew leaves that part out. 
You say, why? That's, that's the best part of the story. I suspect that's why he did leave it out, because that's so often what we focus on. This amazing, the guys had so much faith. They were so concerned about their friend that they climbed up the roof, dug a hole through it, and lowered the man down that way. And we often say, okay, the story here is their perseverance, their faith. And, but it's, that's not the big point. And I think Matthew purposely leaves that stuff out because that just detracts from the main point. Now, Jesus does acknowledge their faith here. The second part of verse 2, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. So he does see their faith. But his main point is the forgiving of the sins. It's not their faith and how determined they are. Now note, Matthew points out seeing their faith. Who is there? Is it the guys carrying the paralyzed man? Or is he included in there? Often we look at this and think, well, it's the, the guys carrying him. That's who there is. It could be just them, or it could include the paralyzed man. And sometimes we, we wonder about this and say, well, wait, the, the paralyzed man didn't seem to have faith here. Well, is that really necessary? Because our normal approach to this is, if I have faith, Jesus will heal me. Well, really, the more biblical way to think is, if I have faith, God will respond to my prayer, whether that prayer is to heal me, or that prayer is to heal somebody else. And so Jesus is responding to whoever has the faith. And it's not that, well, you can't get healed if you don't have faith. It's your faith prompts God to respond to you. But as I said, there could include the paralyzed man. He was part of this and he did have faith. But the curious thing here is Jesus responds and says, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Or if you're the paralyzed man, you probably say, well, that's not what I'm here for. The question there is, why is Jesus forgiving sins when obviously the man's there to be healed? Well, theories are that the common thinking is people are struck with things like paralysis because of sin. We know Jesus, when he heals a blind man, specifically says in response to the question, well, whose sin caused his blindness? He said, it's not because of sin. It's so that God can be glorified. Or maybe that this man's situation was somehow related to his sin. Or it could be, and this is where I come down on this, everybody's biggest need is forgiveness of sin. And while it appears this guy's biggest need is healing of his physical problem, his bigger problem is forgiveness of sin. And that's where we all are. So I think he's here purposely making a point. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows exactly what their response is going to be. Verse 3. At this, some of the scribes said to themselves, he's blaspheming. So here we see scribes. This is the first time where we see in Matthew this confrontation between Jesus and the scribes. It will continue. There will be a lot of confrontations with the scribes. And normally it's the scribes and Pharisees. Mark and Luke mentioned that there are Pharisees here too, and they take issue with this also. They say, he's blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. Maybe God has allowed people to do healing, but only God can forgive sins. And it says, the scribes said to themselves, it could be taken, said to themselves in their minds, 
or it could be taken said amongst themselves to each other. Verse 4, perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? Now, is he reading their minds? Does he know their thoughts? Well, we know he does in other places know people's thoughts. In this case, does he supernaturally know their thoughts or is it so obvious on their faces that when he says your sins are forgiven and their eyes bug out of their heads and they immediately start whispering to each other, he knows exactly what they're thinking. And I believe he also does know supernaturally what they're thinking. And he challenges on it. Jesus said, why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? Continues in verse 5, for which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Now, it's easy to say either one, but if you're saying your sins are forgiven, to be saying that would be blasphemy if you don't have the authority to do it. Verse 6, but so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he told the paralytic, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. So he got up and went home. I think the whole thing, why did Jesus decide he needed to forgive sin? It wasn't anything special about the paralyzed man. Just as, was whose sin caused this man to be paralyzed? I think it's the same answer as the blind man later on. This man was paralyzed so that God would be glorified. And everyone's greatest need is to be forgiven of sin. And he specifically did it here in front of the scribes and Pharisees to well, get a rise at him, to make a point. Because this is the point. The point that he has the authority to forgive sins. And he proves it by doing actually something lesser. He proves he has the authority to forgive sins by healing the man's paralyzed condition. Verse 8, when the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God, who had given such authority to men. Well, the normal reaction is amazement. Here it's awestruck. Now, a lot of translations say we're afraid, or we're struck with fear, or we're terrified, because that can also be the translation of this. The Greek word is phobio, where we get the word phobia. Phobos means fear. And so the usual translation of this word is afraid. In fact, the exact same conjugation of this in chapter 17, verse 6, the Mount of Transfiguration, was they fell face down and were terrified. Now the context, they were terrified and gave glory to God? Well, they could be. The point was these guys were more than impressed. They were blown away, so to speak. And so often the response to something supernatural, I guess an absolute no-kidding act of God, is fear. When we see the hand of God undeniable, there is often fear. But we still give glory to God for what he has done. So awestruck, it's, it's an okay way to say it, but I, I do like the, the translations that, that say they were struck with fear. They said, wow. The hand of God is at work here, and they're amazed that God's given authority to men in this respect. And we say, well, there's only one. Jesus is the only one of, of the humans who have this authority. Well, they don't know that. All they know is that Jesus is a, a man among them, and he has apparently has this authority to forgive sins. And this is amazing. Now, the purpose of the miracles is to show the authority of Jesus. So he has authority over sickness, and he heals people to show that. He has authority over nature. You see that in the calming of the storm. 
has authority over spirits. We see that in the casting out of demons. And here we see the authority to forgive sins. And that's why the scribes and Pharisees say, this is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And the answer is, yes, that is true. Only God can forgive sins. Yet here Jesus is forgiving sins. Well, we can put two and two together here and come away with, this is why the demons recognized him on the other side of the lake and said, Son of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.